everyone, and welcome back to an episode of Something in the Crumb. This is part two of our search series. There might even be a part three, but part two is really special to us because we have a special guest, one of our favorite people, favorite. Lynn Jameson. Hi, Yay. Oh, with that being Hi. said, I should quickly say I'm Unsung Kim and... Oh, yes. And I'm Kim Wen. Yes. You know us, though. We're not yes. that interesting anymore. Our guests are better. <laughs> right. I mean, and Clint is very, very special because... Well, I mean, Flint, you've got you've to gotta tell the people about why you're so special. <laughs> I, have, I have nothing to say. <laughs> That's why he's so special. Yeah. Uh, Thanks um, for having me. Thank you for having me. I'm a big fan, as you know. I, this is my this is my one of my favorite pieces of media. Serial serial media is something in the crumb. So this is this is quite an honor to be here. Thank you. Um, Flint is a big consumer of media. So. <laughs> and can we actually you know, also this add? Is why, this is why it's high praise. Um, Flint has watched a lot of things on YouTube. He and I have bonded over the years of our television consumption, which is copious, I will say. <laughs> but can we also add that Flint is a producer and creator of media, or is that is that a secret? No, no, no. That's it's it's okay. I mean, I don't know what 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 can I say here. I have often asked my students to like consume as much media as they produce. <laughs> That's brilliant. 50-50 here, everybody. That's I think that you're, you, I think you had the best way of describing it, where it's like, it's just as much input as it is output. Like, all this consumption is also a form of output, too. Yeah, sometime in your studio, watching WWW search. <laughs> it's been great lately, let me tell you. It's a show of our time. I mean, we all agree, so. Yeah. So, um, as you all know, Search is basically our favorite show. And I mean, we have a lot of favorites, but this was like peak, 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 peak favorite. Um, but with this part, part two, we thought that we could really delve into the nitty gritty details of the internet and technology and security and just all of the questions around that stuff. Yeah, which is partly why we thought that Flint would be the perfect guest for this, because Flint has vast knowledge of all internet security, antitrust, and databases. <laughs> yeah. A lot of opinions on it. Um, but I think one of the things that really struck us about the show, like just from the get-go in the beginning of the series, where this like fantasy of what the internet is and this kind of relationship to the internet as being this place that is um, inherently ethical and egalitarian and open and a place that's like public in a very like civic understanding of that definition of public, you know? Um, and we were like, wow, it's like, kind of like this is the 90s. <laughs> Again, well, we know, we're like, people are like, yeah, sorry. Like web crawler, and we're gonna do this. You know? Well, I mean, because I think that the employees of Borrow, anyway, um, or maybe the other like search engine company too, they are asking questions of like, 
what uh, what kinds of what are the ethics that we have for the thing that we're building? And it does seem like they really genuinely feel like they're building it, right? Like they don't necessarily just see themselves as like passive employees, which I think that like that is the sort of jadedness of our current moment with like tech startups and like all these big companies like Uber and Google, it's just seemed like, okay, there's just like a bunch of programmers or a, a bunch of people who work there. And here you have this like 90s sort of aesthetics where the employees are like, no, like this is wrong. And like they go against the company. They like take action that, which means like, you know, like the fact that like we begin the whole series with like a manifesto about like the internet, yeah. kind of wild and beautiful. What do you think of that manifesto, Flint? Well, uh, yeah, I think pointing out that it ha it has like um, a residue of a certain era is um, is generous. <laughs> um, I I of course I think there is like a nostalgia around that um, that time for certain of us because we thought that like the internet was like somehow like it was like solving problems or something solving some kind of problem and that like inevitably was like became defined as like techno utopianism or tech you know tech utopianism or whatever and like that that like um desire to like a, a, a kind of like train of thought that like um you know whatever the issue is can be solved through the the, the internet you know, really kind of got us to where we are now, which is like just a, a, a pile of trash, you know, that yeah. is like the tech industry, you know. Uh, um, but yeah, techno utopianism, it really, it really had like this uh, search has like this, um, yeah, this feeling of like optimism, you know, and maybe it's just because women are running <laughs> running the companies which which is what we need um but yeah i i um uh, i of course like love love that love love that and yeah tech, techno utopian is i can just I, maybe i can i'll stop i don't need to talk more about that shit but okay, no i mean like i do think i think you're pointing out that it's generous of like us to sort of frame this era but also like um like what did the 90s mean what did where did the idealism begin and stop was it even there like how long did it last for um i was thinking that like i remember uh one of the founders of pirate bay like after he was released from you know in, um after he like served his sentence i don't know if you all like read that interview where he talks about like how he's given up on the internet like he completely gives up this was like right before the 2016 election he's like everything on the internet that well the internet was not supposed to duplicate real life it was supposed to be some other thing but all it's done is yeah. it's just you know it just mimics the capitalism that we already have um and i think about that a lot that like you know the very people who are like so kind of trying different things and like um, creating these different spaces it, you know, by the early 2000s or like mid 2000s or basically like it's we give up. And so then what does it mean for us to watch a show about, you know, the people who have still not given up in this 
in a world that like we don't really live in anymore because real time trending is I don't even think it really exists anymore really um, so but like I think that you know it's also that cycle or that pattern of like utopianism is like you know this is just one one phase of it right like I think that especially origins around like Silicon Valley and like the Bay Area and like this kind of like hippie residue of like this kind of you know utopic community whatever like these like intentional communities and like all these things it's like the internet was basically just like another version of that right this like alternate space in which then you could just like choose to opt out of certain things as well um and and so in that way it's like well this is just like a typical like I wouldn't say that like you know in the 90s it's like that's an exceptional thing that happened it's like it's actually just a different reproduction or whatever something that we've seen before but yeah it's like what does it mean though to like make a show like this also in like 2019 <laughs> like about you know this kind of idea that you can return a kind of like ethics around this or that or that there's just like there's still good people working within this that are just like working against complex systems and like i'm like is this like hopeful or hopeless like i just mm. i can't quite tell yeah <sighs> yeah is it we don't the show. i don't feel <laughs> i don't feel like it's like the most hopeful at all yeah like I, I still believe that like only the most cynical people like survive in like in mm-hmm. in like these neoliberal tech 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 zones, you know. And um, yeah, I don't I don't I, I don't see this as being like uh, a a remedy to that. So you think that uh, basically Scarlett and Tammy will not survive? That this is this is this is <laughs> just a glance. Yeah. They, they will date their hologram boyfriends and probably do something else. Like I don't know. What what yeah. do a lot of people who burned out in tech do? Like they like start little garden farms or I think they know. like open up bakeries. Or oh something. yes, that's the thing. They bake, they like become like artisan bakers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, they- they start becoming philanthropists. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Just kill us. <laughs> but I asked Kim, I was like, what's up with season two? Like, is there going to be a season two? Like, can we actually? And and it, it just doesn't seem like that's a thing. Yes, right? we're season two, basically. This podcast is like the, de- <laughs> the desire for season two. Okay, this is season two. This is as season two as it's going to get. Um, yeah. But, like, you know, I think I know that when I was an undergrad, something like Google It wasn't as, it wasn't a saying, really. Like, you didn't hear it as much, and now I hear it all the time. And, of course, like, there are other search engines, like, in the U.S., like, Duck, 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 Go, Duck, Go, Go. I use it. I use it, and I can't remember. Um, you know, they're this all... like the honey traffic all um i use it and i have all these plugins around like security and privacy but you know like how much how much do we think about how much do we even want to think about search engines anymore um and especially now that like the u.s has like the anti-trust and you know all of the sort of monopoly laws that are happening um yeah, what did what did you make of the sort of the, the 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 discussion around transparency and honesty, the honesty of search engines? 
the potential <laughs> the potential flint well uh it, not to avoid that question entirely but i think maybe we could preface it by like a conversation around competition and like what like um what the fact that there is you know just this show is based around the premise that like competition in the world of search is possible or something and um or like <laughs> that's like the whole that's the kind of like the underbelly of it or something and um where um where we get at the end of season i think it's like episode 15 where like um we start to see one company potentially peddling in the like in the private information of of its users and another company like not like not peddling and somehow like taking kind of like a moral high ground um it just feels like so again just like so optimistic or something like i don't know who's writing this shit like are, are they like they're the least jaded you know it's like wow okay cool like let's eat some starburst or whatever you know, for lunch <laughs> the first time writer this is our first it's awesome like let's yeah let's go um in a parallel universe there's yeah, some, yeah but then if yeah. we if, and I, maybe i would love to know more about what neighbor you know what neighbor neighbor's competition actually looks like in korea ver because like obviously in the the u.s like we're like just stuck with fang and there is like no um there is like very little competition for you know for these major tech conglomerates is there wait does neighbor yeah sorry that was an open-ended question oh it was a does question neighbor okay. have competition <laughs> um yeah i like neighbor has I, from my understanding like neighbor does have competition and the korean government has set it up so that google cannot have the monopoly here that I think it's accustomed to in the U.S. So right. um, that's really interesting. So, like whenever I visit Korea, I'm really like, you know, even though I do use like search engines that are better about privacy for something like like navigation, I catch myself like immediately going to like Google Maps like on my web browser, and then realizing yeah. that like in Korea I can't use Google Maps because. Um, certain functions don't work or like they don't have like all the satellites or something so they literally can't give me the directions so I have to go to a different company and it just I think like it's a, it's always important and interesting for me to know when I travel somewhere that the way that things are in the US it's not the way that things are everywhere else they're trying a few different things it doesn't mean that those places are idyllic or free of neoliberal capitalism it just means that like you know some certain tweaks and laws and certain tweaks and structural formations will they manifest in everything from like web browser capabilities to like what your phone looks like um so for example like a big privacy thing in korea is your camera on your phone makes a sound when you take a picture um, and it's basically like you can download something that's not legal to, to apply the silence, like to have it not make a sound. But it, there's like legality around uh, the camera actually being like identified as a, as a camera and like the picture clicking as sort of really 
um, like a, a kind of notice. And I think it, I'm assuming, I haven't really looked mm. into it, into it like personally, mm. but like I'm assuming it has a lot to do with like surveillance, um, with like things that might have happened around gendered violence or gendered uh, surveillance. Consent, consent in consent, general. Consent, yeah. um, absolutely. So then whenever I take out my phone, you know, which is like I bought it in the U.S. and I take a picture, like everyone around me is always like, what what happened, right? Because it's like, I think it's already so um, a part of like the structured and the structural fabric to think of the camera as being a, like something that's identified, not something that's like passive. Um, so, yeah. Wow. That's incredible. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, to go back to this just a second, I can maybe I could clarify again one of these like what I feel like is so unrealistic about this show um, <laughs> is just like how like if it, you know it's still ha there's like this this tenant that like competition is like um, utopian or something mm. or is oh, idealistic. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like that that is like that's one of the things that happens. Like, I don't know if I see that as much in the, like, in the personal stories that are, that are, like, um, that, that play out in the, in this, like, series, because everything is just, like, pretty normative, it seems like. Well, yeah, like, but. competition is basically, like, it's not just good, it makes things brighter, like, as in, like, it makes things better. Like, they work together, mm -hmm. they learn how to, like, you know, like, it, it, it actually clarifies and advances the technology, which, like, we all know that's, that's a sack of garbage. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I mean, there's actually that scene when she goes to borrow, like, I think, like, right after they let her go, and then she does her, like, whole thing where she comes back into the office, and, um, and you know, and the sign outside in the lobby says that she's been fired or whatever and she just like goes to claim her things she goes to the meeting room with her former team and basically just says to them like you know everything about me and now you must use everything that you've learned and like about all of my weaknesses and basically like come at me because i'm going to borrow now and i'll be coming at you you know and it's like this kind of idea that like that competition is making them both better or something and that it's making them right. like that it's pushing them both to like yeah I don't know like to kind of to kind of define it in, this, in such a way that like the the competition is so rooted in like like their very existence or something right like that they they need like they need that in order for both of them to exist in some way which I think is just not true absolutely I mean, I, I know even, like, um, John Patrick Leary has a book called, like, The Language, The New Language of Capitalism, um, where he talks about even the word, like, innovation. Like, that's just such a completely made-up sort of recent terminology. I think it's within the last, like, 20th century, early 20th century um, terminology that was made up to to justify essentially like forms of exploitation so i think there's enough like research right now that over the, like the past like few decades it's 
really looked at how certain notions that kind of more or less are not even very well updated versions of like social Darwinism, like competition is like good for you, that kind of logic, um, and how much of it that has been incorporated into like capitalist development, um, and how it's actually just wrong. Like all of that is just wrong. Like it's, it, you know, there's certain things like nature or like, you know, this notion that like competition is what like leads innovation. Um, that's. I hope we all know that's just propaganda. And by we, I, I mean like everyone who's listening, <laughs> our friends. Yeah, all seven of you. Oh. Um, but <laughs> collectively, all seven. Of you. Um, the I think that also though that they make competition seem like it is ethical, or that it is like part of being like good people or something. Like I think this is how the show also kind of frames it, you know, where. Like, they have so much respect for each other because of this competition, which I think you see play out with um, the, I mean, all three of the female lead female characters, but the two primarily, like, who, you know, from their years in at Unicon or whatever, where it's like that that competition is also, like, how they derive respect for each other mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Scar—I mean Scarlet and Scarlet and Tammy's like competition, internal competition at Barrow. Then, and then by the end of the series, like the series like triumph is that there's like that no longer competition exists. Like they're all they're all just like we're friends now. They're just selling the weeds. They're just like we're yeah, like, into the sunset now. We're, yeah, we're all we're all buddies. Put our, put our sunglasses on and it's fine. <laughs> it's a beautiful show, everybody. Well, but it, it ends it ends on this note that like no matter how long you worked at this terrible evil tech company, at the end of the day, the sort of internet ethics, the the, the sort of code of ethics where um, the user's privacy will be protected over the profits of the company and particularly like the potential political manipulation that like certain kinds of parties want and like maybe that's something that we can talk about that like that's what's really at stake is like they don't want um people to be manipulated based off of like their data based off of the fact that like privacy is being broken um and ultimately the woman that like is sort of set up to be the antagonist will make the right call um and that's why competition doesn't really exist between or like i don't know that's why they're friends because like ultimately they all understand they're on the same side and th that is yeah. like some like very soft side against fasci fascism maybe like <laughs> some soft anti-fascist side like hand-holding sort of pathetic but great side against <laughs> They look great. They look With great. No men, you know? know, yeah, yeah. But you look great. A lot of ear cuffs. It's perfect. But you know, like the situation they're setting up is like it doesn't even seem fictional anymore. That like, look, did you know that like your internet history and the the people that you trust with your internet information and maybe like the word trust needs to be broken down there that like you don't even know that it's being collected this way that like all kinds of political factions and and parties want that information um to manipulate you and the only thing that's 
stopping this manipulation from happening is like, you know, the pending divorce of Kyle. Is that her name? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's right. <laughs> you know, whether or not she's going to have a life epiphany about like whatever. And if she does, then you will find out about it on the news. Not that this means you can do anything, you know, like that's also unclear. Like, what can you even do? Now that you know that, like, all these companies are evil. Like, because that's not a fiction. Oh, like, yeah. we're currently living under this reality that all of these companies are terrible. Well, there's, like, that interesting scene, too, when at the end, with the whole, like, government the surveillance and, like, um, the privacy of information, like, thing where, like, the government basically just wants to have, like, free access to all of this information as they please. And in exchange they will give um, the two search engine companies like the industrial rate for electricity usage, which would reduce obviously like um, their expenses. And I think that like borrow because you know, they're, they're like, they're a high fiver kind of search engine. They're like, no, we will not like give up our users private information, not under any circumstances. And then Unicon is just like, Mm, this deal just isn't good enough. So I'm going to need a better deal. You're going to need to sweeten that pot. Yeah, you got to sweeten the pot because I know that you're just going to take it anyway. Like, you're going to find a way and you're going to, like, you're basically like you're telling us now that you're just going to do it anyway. So if, if this is a pretend negotiation right now, then I pretend I'm going to negotiate a better deal. So you're going to come and get it anyway, you know? So it's just like an interesting, like, um, dual approach to, I think, what basically is going to end up being the same outcome. Yeah. I mean, if, if to bring this back a little bit closer home, like, if Scarlett and Tammy and, like, Sunday were actually instead, like, if we had them instead of Zuckerberg and fucking Tim <laughs> Cook, and, like, I would probably, like, be like, yeah, okay, you guys, you guys, yeah, here's the data, you do, you, I trust you a little bit more. You know, but just like thinking about like Zuck, like being Ugh. the, you know, being the... I try not to think about it. <laughs> All I think about when I think about him is I think, you know, he reminds me of like an animal that's been like caught somewhere because he just like looks stunned. <laughs> All the time. I just think of him like looking stunned at all times. And now I can't get that image of him with sunscreen in Hawaii out of my face. So he looks stunned in like white face sunscreen or something. That was like, a real gift to that image. Thank you. Thank you, Internet. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it's been scrubbed by this time. I apologize, Flint. What were you saying? No, no, no. That's all. That you, you, there was, you there were... was a great line, though, about, what is it again? Where it said something like, on the internet, there is no right to be forgotten. That's... Oh, yeah. That's yeah. sunscreen image. It's on the internet. Don't you worry. Someone downloaded it, you know? That's the thing. It's like, all you need is someone to screenshot, download. Yeah. Every five yeah. years, maybe it will resurface. <laughs> yeah, it's still up there. I just did it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but you were you were saying like you feel like it's idealism in that any of these ladies are still far superior than the men that we currently have in charge of whatever nonsense is 
the operations oh, yeah. of the world. I mean, I don't know. Obviously, I I get sucked into like the the drama. Come on, <laughs> you got, like you have me on. You, we're talking about this for a reason, you know. But like, I um when it when it comes down to like um like they just like they just dress so much better than like Sundar and Tim Cook and like any anybody in Fang and then they're like obviously just like I don't know they uh, everything about them is like is like okay cool I'll, I'll give you my I'll give you my my data whatever <laughs> um but yeah when it comes down to like like thinking about Zuckerberg with that data like it's very it's like a much different thing for me it's crazy that yeah anyways there you go <laughs> take it take that if you, you told want. me if you told me in undergrad that this weird thing that people were using was going to you know be the way in which like the proliferation of fake news all around the world was going to be disseminated, I would have been like, what? You know, because, like, I really think, like, that's the thing about that I thought that this show did, does really well is that, like, a lot of these tools are considered innocuous. Like, what is a search engine? What do we, what does it really do? What is a, what is a collection of photographs of your friends um, on the internet that you can, like, chat about? You know, like, it's like, like what 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 is the tool and then what is the weapon um and what is the process of weaponization and like how we're just living in a present where like it's not even the tool is like for the everyone who says like well like the it's not the tool's fault it's like not the whatever it's like all we have is the weapon all we have is like oh, yeah. we don't even have the weapon sorry all we have is the result of the weaponization um those are two different things <laughs> Kim? I mean, maybe we need to talk about the code of ethics that they their internet ethics code for web portals, oh, you know? That mechanism. Yeah. I mean, I, mean I, I really believed in their code of ethics. Yeah, oh, should I we go like, through is it? This web portal as co op? The closest thing we've had to a co op is this fictitious well, web portal. Can we go through it? Um, yes. Like Article oh, 1. Do you have it? Yeah. Yes. Kim, Kim wrote it yes. down. No, you don't. Kim yes. wrote it down. I documented you guys it. You are so cool. You're so cool. You guys, let's make, let's make sweatshirts. Let's say this. And just wear oh, them on. Great idea. I'm a Zazzle Black member. Zazzle. <laughs> um, on my way to be Zazzle Platinum. <laughs> yeah. So Article 1 is a portal site is the most progressive and participatory place. No matter what a portal, no matter what a portal won't violate portal users' right to know their freedom of expression. Article two: A web portal shouldn't manipulate or conceal information. It must protect its users from pressures, violations, restriction, discrimination who try to harm their right. Article three. A web portal shouldn't be swayed by someone's private interests, and it must remain independent from politics, economics, and society's external influences. And it mustn't intervene in anything that might harm us, harm its impartiality. Article 4. A web portal must manage, supervise, and be responsible for everything that happens on the site. 
It should never stay quiet about them or try to avoid them. Article 5. <laughs> Article 5. The power of a web portal's influence comes from its users and it influences and it influences them at the same time. It must never aim for any unjustifiable benefits and it mustn't yield to any improper influences. I mean, but in our tote bag, how about it? <laughs> you let's just let's let let's chat with everyone. Oh, there's a pandemic, but um, after the pandemic, let's put it on tote bags and sweatshirts so we can chat up anyone at the coffee shop and be like, "This is a code of ethics created by <laughs> Tammy and her friend." Um, yeah. What do you think? What do you think night. about this? <laughs> unsolicited we're just walking up to the to the cafe i just really believe in my job right now and i'm gonna write this code of ethics for it <laughs> i mean basically in order for this to happen you would have to invent a time machine go back into all the variations of the universes that currently exist but you know let's just talk about what we even think about it now because why not as a and this is this is a season two as it's gonna fucking get you guys this is season two it's the conversation starter that's what it is okay like it's conceptual art there you go oh girl yeah burn it down yeah so basically the code of ethics means like, there's no capitalism. There's no capitalism. Life is a co-op. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Like, that they create something that will not be uh, manipulated, weaponized, or that cannot be used as a way to... to, to it, that it can't be capitalized. So they're basically... This is... I think this code of ethics reads like, we are creating a tool... And shielding it from max, shielding it from the possibilities of weaponization and even profit. Can we just talk about this language of how amazing it is? Unjustifiable benefits. <laughs> like, I mean, that's pretty amazing. That basically it's saying that like capital and earnings are unjustifiable, which is pretty great. I mean, I do think this is where like, I think that certain conversations about um like privacy particularly data privacy and the ways in which companies profit from privacy i think that like from what i've observed in like korean news and media it seems like there are more people willing to just at least have this conversation like we are still in this conversation versus like i think in the u.s it almost seems like either you've spiraled into pessimism and cynicism because, well, what else can you do? Or you're sort of like, well, it's what the company does. Like you've sort of accepted that unjustifiable profits or benefits is just like the structure of the company. What do you think? What do you think about the code of ethics, Flint? <laughs> I mean, I'm down for a manifesto. I, um, I, I just, when I read this, I'm like trying to imagine like just being so stoked on my job that I, like, I'm like, I'm like, you know, trying to make my job better or something. And it's just like, it's, it's bananas. 
Okay, like, okay. Yeah. Let's... Okay. So, so we're in the time machine. We did it. We did it. You did it. We've gone through the portal. Welcome, everybody. We are 20 again. <laughs> we're all 20. I read Marks for the first time a couple of months ago. He sounds great. Really? Nice guy. Yeah, real cool. Love yeah. mine. Because, like, we're back in our 20s, and we still, like, thinking about, yes, before we realized how humiliating our jobs would be, how humiliating life under late capitalism would be. <laughs> so we got together, you know? We got together, we stayed up all night, opened up our little sketchbooks, wrote ourselves a little manifesto. But I think this is the thing. And then 20 years later, it's still applicable. But like, <laughs> but I think Kim and Flint, you're pointing to how, I don't think that the characters on the show see their job as employment. I think yeah. that they're actually, I think that they think that they're creating something that is act, that is implicated in the world, right? Mm -hmm. So like, I do think that like, this is both a critique of employment within neoliberal capitalism, that it becomes so much a part of who you are that you are asked to have passion for it. And simultaneously, mm -hmm. it is a critique of all of the people who work at these evil tech companies as just a quote-unquote job right because it's like you don't see how what you do is implicated in the lives and the like of the world and like these two 20 year old women in this fictional show about a time period that never existed um they're just like we're this isn't our job it's like we're creating something that like we know it's not just us, like everyone else is involved and this is like, this is what we think should be like the ethical conduct for it. Um, which is like, yeah. I mean, it's such a pervasive problem within tech about all the things that they refuse to define as labor. Mm. You know, the things that they refuse to define as work and you're like, it's just, we're creatives. <laughs> we're creatives and we like are passionate and, and it's just like, no, no. That's absolutely not it. Like this is this is filthy labor. Is what this is. I mean, but how do we reconcile that with like the product placement? Then let's like let's let's jump into this. You know, as like Maserati and <laughs> totally whatever the, the there's like a lot of jewelry. Oh yeah, jewelry. this was there's a really so much jewelry. This was the really fascinating thing about this show for me was like because they couldn't do product placement of gross sandwiches they actually had commodity objects like jewelry that was not cute and yeah there's a lot of jewelry there was a razor pretty oh, sure that yes. razor yeah uh, yeah it was sponsorship there was the tea that they drink for digestion and hangovers whatever is that, that the is. detox skinny tea do you think it's a yes. version of that oh no yeah. <laughs> um but then there was like no, yeah, there were no sandwiches. There was no food, other food related. There's, and, there, they should have. There um, was no other tech. There's there some. There's some booze. There was some booze. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, they yeah. were erasing most of the logos on all on the tech for sure. Yeah. So, which is like also very clearly a choice too. You know, I think in part probably in a very like simple narrative construction way to like keep the bubble of like whatever these fictitious you know this fictitious internet world that they've created 
And then once you let in like line or WhatsApp or whatever, it's like, this is confusing. <laughs> um, but yeah, thankfully none of that. So actually Flint and I were talking about this earlier today where it was like, they spend a lot of time on the phone and they're like phone calling a lot, but there's not a lot of texting and there's not a lot of FaceTiming and other things. Ooh, food delivery. Here we are. We're watching oh, it right now. Oh, <laughs> wow. Because Scarlett Watt is like a, she's a tech person, so she's busy. She needs a convenient food app, right? Yeah, it's brutal. But the jewelry, there was a lot of jewelry, uh, a lot of ear cuffs. Basically, everyone was wearing a lot of earrings. Um, There was that cigarette ring, right? Oh, at the very beginning, yeah. Yeah. I was yeah, surprised was by how many people wore ear cuffs. I was like, I love ear cuffs. All of you wear ear cuffs? Like, it's great. <laughs> oh come on. They all all of the all, all of the business, they just look incredible. I'm 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 like my my heart melts every time I look at them. I'm like, oh wow. Okay, what what's on your ears now? Guarantee you, it does not look that way in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> As a, as a resident of the city, Kim, you're like, I have proof. I, you know, I, I have not seen any of these pantsuits around town. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. Should we talk more about the private versus public? Or should it be early notes to USPS, AT&T, Comcast? Is the oh, internet like a public, public service? service? Search engine as colonial archive library. Well, like, you know, like, well, like, Twitter archives all what tweets. <laughs> right? The Library of Congress has a download of all tweets. Um, oh, my God. Oh, the, the amount of space that takes Well, um, at some point it was clarified that it will not archive all of the tweets, but it's, like, the majority of it. And then who makes decisions as to what gets cut? I'm not sure. Like, how do all the do all the bots get archived? It's you know that's unclear. Um, I also know that like for something like Twitter, they also try to back up everything, all the tweets. Um, however, the pro you know like the text under the profile, so like the text you write, that is often not saved by anyone. So that's if you want it to be a dis- that could be sort of a disappearing space so put all your sizzlers there is what you're saying <laughs> yes so That's is the it is the internet a public service is the search engine a colonial archive <laughs> what is it a colonial archive yeah, i love talking about colonial archives um yeah is the internet a public service i mean i don't know what I don't know what the recent statistic is on this, um, but not that long ago, you know, like, was it like only like 30% like the planet was on the internet, you know, or had access to the internet? It was like something low. I'm sure it's increased since then, but it's not like 90% of the world population is connected to the internet, you know? Personal experience. Uh, let's just take a moment right now. Let's take a little detour right now and just say that the high speed internet in Korea is fake news. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, I also lived without internet for a really long time. I never had it installed in undergrad or grad school. And almost like the majority of my like, you know, just like when I first moved to Boston. Why? Why did you do that? (laughs) I had these other ambitions of like writing things at home. Yeah. I mean... I don't know if it worked out, but I just, I watched the same, like, DVD box sets again and again Aww. off of my old laptop if I needed uh-huh. to watch uh-huh. something. And then I read a lot and listened to podcasts, which is why I think that this is season two, essentially. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, I think that this is the question that Search is dealing with, but also one that, like, maybe we've decided doesn't even it can't even be discussed because the internet, I think that the ethics code is basically saying that internet is a public service. And we're sort of saying in our present day moment, but even in the nineties, it was never going to be that way. Mm-hmm. Is that the end of season two? You just wrapped it up. No, no, you just <laughs> threw it down, threw it down. So you got to, I mean, that's one of these things we can, I want to, I, 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 I always feel like that's the the fact that the the commodity that's being peddled for um, for or in exchange for the privacy of the populations or the the, the data of the population is energy yeah. is like pretty fascinating actually when we get down to it because I, we we could talk a little bit about the colonial aspects of data's data storage. And like it's like kind of like Nancy Fraser esque kind of like freeloading on the Earth's resources, you know? And like how like the Wayback Machine is just like continually hoovering and like actually we're just like killing the world just like all the time with the internet. Like <laughs> Yeah. What, like, did I read this right? That um, even something like cryptocurrency, like the level of um, electricity that it uses, it's like all of Sweden or something to like just do oh like a little bit, like to power just a little bit of it. And so like, I, I think that this kind of displacement to the internet to answer questions that we have not actually answered in real life, aka, what do we do about the violence of capitalism? It's like, well, the internet's not going to be able to solve that. It's because just it gonna, is. yeah, because it is that. yeah, it is that, and like we can be sad about it, but it's like the questions don't mutate because the medium is it changes. Like, though, like the hope is clarified. The fact that we want it to be different, maybe like that's the only thing that it provides is that like we remember that we Oof. do not want it to be different. Yeah, we haven't talked about fantasy yet. Have you, did you talk about it in the first? Did you use that word? Yeah, no. in the first, in the first. Okay. I think in the first episode we um, we talked a lot about just a lot of the gender dynamics and did like a character breakdown and also touched on how okay. like this is like a parentless mostly world or fam like like who is Tammy's mom? We'll never know. Scarlet? Does she have a mother? Probably not. Who knows? You know, like. The right. parents that exist are like evil, literally, straight up. They are literally conspiring with the government 
against yeah. people. Um, and then everyone else is sort of Except like, Hologram's mom is like an academic, right? But she's basically right. evil, she too. Dies. She dies. She <laughs> dies, <laughs> and she's, like, emotionally, like, abusive, right? Academics like, all die. Let's get, let's, get, let's get down to it here. Spoiler alert! Before we, get, before we can do anything good. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, I, I forgot that hologram had a had a mother. How could I forget? It's because he's a hologram, and I'm like, wait, what? Hologram? No one knows. Like it's fine. <laughs> yeah. So, what were you gonna say about fantasy? Oh come on! I mean, this the the whole thing is like just one scene after another of like this writer's fantasy it's incredible i i i'm anyways if um say we, more we could talk more. about yeah let's 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 talk about like the two male character like the two primary male char- characters besides brian i don't want to talk about brian but, um, <laughs> yeah but we could we could talk about sunday's husband ex-husband and then yeah. we can talk about hologram and how yeah. both of these like I mean, obviously, there's like a it, it, like un- unfortunate and very normy like fantasy revolving around them, but like you know, hologram is like mostly just like kind of like protecting the leather of Tammy's purse when it's raining, you know. Like that's how I think about hologram. I don't know, I don't know about you two, but like he's just like like a, a very obedient puppy who like knows how to clean like clean the apartment. Or something, you know, and then, and then, the husband of I don't know I don't I don't even care what his name is actually I don't give a fuck the the husband of Sunday who is like obviously a like an aristocrat um, is like here Sunday give I give you my property let take this car take this Maserati. Take this apartment here. I actually don't want to be, I'm not going to be in a relationship with you, but please, here's all the property. Well, he's not going to be in a relationship with her because he loves her. And he basically (laughs) is admitting that he's only in relationships with people that he doesn't love. It's like, yeah, because we all know who your mom is. I mean, like, (laughs) whatever. Like, let's just try to unpack that. There was like an alimony. Oh my god, I forgot about the alimony shit. (laughs) That was pretty good. Sorry. Yeah, it's like, this is wild. I mean, okay, well, let's talk about the hologram, puppy hologram. I mean, I think that we talked a little bit in the first episode about how um, he's like, there's a certain kind of emotional awareness, but it is like, it, it, you can tell it's a fantasy because it's kind of this like one-sided one where you're like, this is exactly what every woman wants. Is this guy just being like, I'm just lacking, and I love you. Available <laughs> and lacking. So available. Just so available. Unbelievably available. Vacuuming your house, making you dinner, and car- literally carrying you home on his back. And then, but then he's like kind of a prude. At the same time, you oh, know, because yeah. he's that's just not, like, that's not a fantasy. Yeah, that part's kind of like a little bit of a drag, you know, but where it's just like well, maybe I'm that's married, part but it's because he's an orphan. But maybe that's part of the fantasy that, like, you know, mm. he does want that, like, you reject this the the construct, right? 
And so, like, because even in the fantasy, you have a job. So, like, certain certain forms do not evaporate in the fantasy. And if he wants it, then you are then at least occupying the position of you not wanting it is a little bit more. It's better than like a different kind of power struggle about this question of like commitment and like stability or whatever, right? Um, yeah, it's it's displaced a little bit better. I mean. I think that that is actually like, because Flint asked me earlier today, like, remind me again of how they broke up. And it's like, I think this is also why it's like a fantasy because they break up for like a non reason, you know, where I think again, it's like, she's like, I am just withholding because I know that you're going to want to get married and you're going to run away with that. PETA piano woman or whatever oh. when she comes around and says that she wants to get married for some reason. I it's seen like your eyes just years. rolled so hard. <laughs> I guess. It's absurd. They're like, we've known, I've known him since I was 15. He was my first love and for sure we're going to get married. And you're like, what is this nonsense? <laughs> like, yeah, okay, sure. We're going to each other in like whatever it is, like, I don't know, 10 years or something. But yeah, he's definitely gonna pick you. Like that is a that's a PETA fantasy right there. My God, I was trying to explain PETA to someone the other day, and I was like, "You don't get it. Maybe you don't get it. I don't know. Like I don't know how to explain this to you. Like she's a PETA. It's like please, don't go near them. Yeah, but Kim, you were saying. <laughs> What was I saying? Um, oh, yeah. So, like, why they broke up? Why they broke up? Oh, yeah. yeah. And then they they break up because he says that uh, that he was like, oh, I didn't get it. You know, that basically, like, I didn't understand what you were saying. That effectively, like, um, I, I would eventually want more. And you would have to be the one to, like, destroy us, basically. You're, you're going to have to be the one to break up. And... And then she was just kind of like, well, I guess I just wanted to keep wanting you or some nonsense. And and I think it's just like, yeah, I guess that's a reason. So they basically I mean, broke up because they liked each other too much. It's very like junior high. No, like, yeah, oh, like, I'm just like, so just much, baby. Like, no, like, vacuum you know. and whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. And move on dot org. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but it does it it does situate the relationship so that it it seems very um, passionate and like it's it's like not really dealing with the questions that I think are boring, you know. Like it's about like wanting more, wanting too much, you know, like feeling bad about the fact that someone else will want more than you. But like you want things to, you know, they're they're very like abstract existential questions about desire. Well, and I think that they try to frame it, I think, about like a kind of um, emotional maturity or something that like because she's older and she's more aware, she's like, I just know where this is gonna go, you know, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. that it will continue to progress to a certain point and 
And then, but like, I know that this means that I'm going to be the one that has to compromise. Yeah. If I don't compromise, then I'm going to be the one that has to break up. Yeah. Because you're not going to do it. And then I think he does realize that it's like, I see that me demanding your time and staying, like kind of insisting on being together was also inevitably putting you in that position. Which is also, you're like, what kind of fantasy is this? What man ever says that? <laughs> He's like, I do, I guess, I guess I am creating obligations in your life, which I feel bad about, you know? Which yeah, is like, I'm, that's I'm a creating future, I'm creating future I'm obligations. Guilty. I feel guilty. Yeah. <laughs> that's peak fantasy right there. Peak, peak fantasy. Like, you're like, wait, you're so emotionally aware that you understand that you've created... Your desires have created an obligation in my life, and so you feel bad about that? And wow, like, that is like, how much psychoanalysis do you have to be in for how many decades to, like, I mean, yeah. understand that? You want to know, who's your analyst over oh, there? <laughs> You're a real success story. Yeah. I'm just lacking, you know? <laughs> it's amazing. But Flint, as a as a as a dude, I can't do anything beyond that. You 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 win. You've got this. No, no. Where we want to know, we want to know which relationship was your fantasy preference. Do you like the soap opera star puppy, or do you like the music composer puppy? Oh. Um, I mean, okay. <laughs> Why are those my Wait, choices? Don't put me on the line here. I, uh, uh, you okay, could also guess... pick the movie producer husband secretly right. in love with his wife. That is some version of a hetero oh, yeah. fantasy okay. that we don't even know what to do with. Like... And everybody gets property. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I I think I I mentioned this actually many times to Kim throughout the arc of of watching this series. Like I, I said I said I would I would let him tuck me in anytime <laughs> relating to the hologram. I uh, just like just just tuck me in, you know, like that sounds But which sounds hologram? Really nice. Which hologram? Um the the, the yeah. The, music music yeah, the, music okay. producer hologram probably in that re, in that in that setting. But then also I I got really into him wearing that like life jacket. There's like that episode where like there's that episode where he was on a boat or something and he was like maybe fishing yeah. and he and he he had like the wind in his hair and it was like maybe one of the only times he was like on his own vision quest like most of the time most of the time he was like trying to be servant you know and but then it, but then he got on this like own own vision quest to like go fishing and he had on that life jet life life vest life jacket vest and it just was so hot i was i was like 100 percent in it um so yeah that, there you go amazing yeah. amazing yeah yeah that's true he did go on that vision quest <laughs> i forgot about I that i don't entirely believe that he's into fishing tbh that feels a little off-brand but Right. I believe that he would go on a vision quest. <laughs> right, like, isn't it a meditation retreat or something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but considering how we don't know about the family backdrop of Tammy or Scarlett, or even actually really 
of any of that of any of the characters like the parents are evil right but like we learn like intricate details about him like he's adopted like his mother gave him up for this reason we see like him interacting with like the australian parent and like how his mom likes k-drama like there's a lot there's a lot constructed to like this sort of um explanation for his desire for a family a sort of normative family and like the kind of insecurities he has around like i think like you know attachment or like a, like being committed to someone like wanting it but but also like he's in this like situation like they really go out of their way to like explain this like that whole scene where um he's like visiting his mom in office hours like mm-hmm. his mer- birth mother in office hours and just yeah like i just remember thinking like wow i'm learning so much about this guy's backstory in a way that like i don't know anyone else's um which is why i'm supposed to believe he's so emotionally intelligent <laughs> i think it's because <laughs> it's because we only we know all the stuff about his family but it's because Work-wise, like he's been working on that same fucking song. Tommy and Scarlett, and like they're like they're like next project. We're working on the front page. Next project, we're doing this. Like, published like seventeen projects in the time that you made that one goddamn piano song. No, and you know what's great about that song is that like he wants everyone to listen to it in this like very dramatic way he's like (laughs) here are the headphones start from this place here's the ambiance you know like and it's the same clip like clip it's not even like it's like a 20 minute song it's just like it's like a 30 second like intro or whatever we like listen to it again and again and again i know and all these people are just like uh i guess sure it's He's like, yeah, when the princess is saved, it should be this kind of music. And you're like, oh. Everyone's like, sounds boring. Sounds weird. I don't know. <laughs> you're like, why don't we, can we throw some trap in there? Like, can we, can we get one of the, the mixes that you use in spin class? Oh like, everyone in the room is just like, this is not the Gucci maid we requested. <laughs> He's like, but this person's vision, vision quest and journey, like, it's fitting. And it's essentially like nepotism that like his 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 one song gets worked on for 16 episodes. Well, let's be honest. Well, let's be honest. Yeah, incompetent male. Yeah, so that's why we know a lot about his mom, his other mom, his dad. It's like... A guy he works with, whatever. It's like, you know, not much to report on the professional front. But he has, he looks, he has really nice eyes. And he seems excited to clean. Never seen that before. So Skin's great. Poor skin's look. so great. nice. Yes. His tear scenes are also very moving. Yeah. Do you think I slow them down, that like single tear, you know? Or just like, just when you die. <laughs> Uh, I record this at 240 frames per second. So funny. So Flint, as we near the end, we're going to try asking one more time. 
What do you mm-hmm. think about the government trying to legalize the surveillance of its citizenship or citizens? Citizens surveil to legalize surveillance <laughs> of citizens um, in the U.S. and Korea, all around the world. And then, what do you think about censorship as the internet is constructed? What is the relationship between censorship and internet search search engines? You know, knowing that like the dark web is like what like doesn't Google catalog like it's catalog like less than twenty percent of the internet because it never really gives you the results of the other side. So, um. This one's on you. Oh, you're, you're, putting, you're putting me on the spot, huh? This is like a quality exam. Um, Get it right, Flint. Get it right. Just kidding. I guess, Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, there, the the other. I mean, talking about like the other side of the internet, like Usenet or Tor or whatever, is like really fun and really exciting. Um, and I'm I'm down to go on that journey with you. And especially right now, as like I don't know, like. I'm like security culture is like intensifying around my 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 life and my like people my affinity group <laughs> so to speak that like I I end up having to think a lot about like cloaking with multiple VPNs and using these platforms and not those platforms and like literally having burner phones or whatever you know so um that that is something that um is um, I, you know, it, it feels, it, it feels like more about like, you know, protecting maybe the people you care about than your own self or something. Because for me, like just Equifax, I don't know. We just like the, 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 the actual private data part of it. Like I, we just like assume, I, I personally assume like whatever my banking details, like go, good luck, have fun with that, with that, um, with that debt or whatever. But, but, but then um, yeah, but then when it comes down to like, yeah, the, the, the cops, you know, or the, like, kind of like the feds, like now we, nobody, they're fascists, you know, the fasc the fascists have like want, want to take us down. And so it's, it's, uh, you kind of like, I, I have like some pretty strong opinions about like, to what extent we get, we need to like be cloaking some of our like political um activities shall i say is that okay is that big enough i'm not sure no <laughs> well i don't know i looked up the other day that like something that i think him and i are so critical of these like diversity initiatives which are just like often gaslighting initiatives that you know these various institutions put on um, because of the recent executive order, universities from like Berkeley all the way to the University of Iowa um, have halted kind of like diversity workshops and training. And it's like, this is wild because like, I don't even think anyone really fights for this. Like, they're not like, this is peak liberation is like talking about your privilege. <laughs> oh my God. Privilege backpack. Just, literally like, just kill us. If that is peak liberation. <laughs> it's, not even, it's not even a gateway, right? It's just like everyone in your office learns how to say, like learns exactly what a racial slur is because maybe it's so uncomfortable if you keep using it in your memos that go out. I don't know. Like this is what I'm, I guess, 
That's what I'm assuming. Do you, do, do you think they're actually? Like, I don't know. Actually, I don't really know what they do. I think that's what <laughs> they're doing. They're doing is like, do you feel bad about yourself? It might be implicit bias, but maybe you're just, <laughs> you just don't feel good today. So yeah, <laughs> you're right. So in conclusion, Fucking we don't. Falls, like get out of here. Yeah, we don't really think about these things, but then to know like. Even this, even this is being taken away, even though like it's not something that we think about. It's like this is wild. Like, the, so then what's going to happen to the stuff that we actually want and the, the, the things that we care about? You know, yeah. like that's that was like a really a bigger question when I was reading about this stuff. I was like, oh my god! Like, yeah, the most innocuous, yeah, like you know, bureaucratized, state-sanctioned diversity nonsense. You know. If that is not approved, then we're effed. Fuck. So in conclusion. Fuck. That's it. Fuck. There's no season three for anybody. <laughs> season two is the, is where it's at, and this is the last of season two. This right here. You're <laughs> listening to it right now. <laughs> Okay, on that note, do you have um, anything you want to say about the fashion? One last time, everyone? Or any other thoughts? <laughs> How do we end on a positive note? <laughs> we don't. Fuck. Yeah. We just say, like, I, I mean, because I, I, I've sort of given up on positivity anyway, right? Like, I think it's more like, the fashion is great. We don't want you to not watch it because we you think it's about tech dude bros. We want you to know, yeah. dear listener, that this is a visually um, very pretty show full of very, very attractive people and holograms. And they have nice jewelry. And, and there's suits. a lot of great silk blouses. <gasps> oh, yes. Oh, yeah. See-through tops, which are really nice. Yeah. And they work like 48 hours in them. Confusing, yeah. but you know, nevertheless, this is the fantasy. Well, and you do get a lot of great scenes of a rage girl taking out a lot of men. Oh, That's pretty yeah. great. <laughs> and a Maserati. She's, she's fantastic. She's so fantastic. What? She's our only hope for the future. <laughs> do I even want to know what car Tammy drives? Does she drive? They all drive. Ver they all drive versions of Maseratis. Yeah. Do they Tammy, all Tammy drive? transit sometimes for research purposes. Yeah. It's, <laughs> okay, I guess I was like, wow, that is wild. So they break a Maserati and then they all drive Maseratis? Yes. Yeah, uh, Hologram has like some SUV Maserati, but then all of the, all of the women have like their own Maseratis. <laughs> do you think that this is also to signify that like they are really passionate and this is a well-paying job so it like kind of like dips into the sort of like tech and wealth or do you think it's just do you think it's just product placement i mean i think overall it's just a very luxe show you know mm. and i think they're very consistent yeah with how elegant everything is you know like everyone looks really good and you can't be what are you gonna drive a chevrolet <laughs> like i don't think so and maserati is it is it an italian 
car company? I don't know. I don't fucking know. I don't know. Why are you asking us? Sorry. There was a moment in my life where I thought that everything that I thought Acura Integras were Acuras. So I thought all Acuras were versions of Acura Integras. I I don't even know what you're talking about. Literally, I was like, what is that? Oh my god. Oh no, honestly though, I'm gonna I'm gonna give that I'm gonna steal that assignment that you give to your students to produce as much as you consume. And be like oh, yeah. for every television show second, there's like a something you have to do. That sounds so fun, honestly. Are you gonna assign Castle to live? You watch Castle on repeat and then you write a poem every time you watch everything, all times, <laughs> all moments. Yeah. But thank you so much for joining us, Flint. Thank you, Flint. I'm, I'm really, thank you. Thanks for the invitation. Thanks for letting me hang out with you. Yes. <laughs> Take care, everyone. Bye. Every morning when I open.